verses 8 to 15. I had the privilege of beginning this series in Titus on the 11th of September, and now this morning I have to bring the series to an end. So that's also a privilege. You remember that Titus was an assistant to the Apostle Paul in Christian work, and he was helping in the church on the island of Crete. It was a fairly new church, a growing church, a young church, but it was being targeted and attacked by false teachers. So Paul sent Titus to Crete for a time to lead the church through this difficult period and to appoint elders, spiritual men, who would lead the church in the future. This letter is Paul's instruction to Titus and advice as he leads the church there on the island of Crete. In verses 8 to 15 now, Paul concludes this letter. So what does Paul say in these concluding verses? First he says, there are some truths to be stressed. Truths to be stressed. He says, verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. Titus, there are certain things, there are certain truths you must keep on stressing there in the church in Crete. And Christian leaders, Christian preachers, there are certain truths which we must keep on stressing these days. What are they? Well, they're the truths that Paul summarized in verses 3 to 7 of this chapter. You dealt with that last time, the truth about sin, verse 3. That we by nature are foolish, disobedient, deceived rebels against God, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, doing hateful things. Stress that, the truth about human sin. But also stress, verse 4, the truth about the kindness and love of God our Savior. How he came to this world in the person of his Son. How he came to die upon the cross, not for righteous men and women, but for sinful men and women. How he's dealt with us in stress, that. How by his Holy Spirit, whom he has poured upon us, he's justified us and made us heirs of eternal life. Try to stress these things, these great central truths of the Christian gospel. The truth about sin, the truth about the love and kindness of God, the truth about the appearance of our Savior, and the way that we've been born again of the Holy Spirit. Now why must we keep on stressing these things? First, because they're absolutely true. Paul says, verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying. This statement in verses 3 to 7 about our sinfulness and the love of God and the saving work of Christ, this saying is absolutely true and trustworthy. We really are sinners by nature. God really is a God of kindness and love. Our Savior really has appeared in this world and really has died upon the cross and washed away all our sin and all our guilt 
and all our shame. All of that is absolutely true and trustworthy. So keep on stressing these things. Titus says, Paul, these false teachers keep on stressing things that are untrue. They keep on stressing things that are false. So you must keep on stressing these things which are absolutely true. Secondly, we must stress, uh, stress these things because men and women need to hear them. The greatest need of men and women today is to hear the truths of the gospel. If you're, if you're not a Christian, your greatest need, your greatest need is to hear the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. You may say, well, my great need is not that. My great need is to get a job. I'm out of work just now, and I need to get a, great, I need to get a job. Well, that is a great need. But that is not your greatest need. You may say, my great need is to get healing. I'm a very sick person, and I need to be better. Well, that is a great need. But that is not, not your greatest need. You see, even if you get a good job tomorrow, even if you get perfect health from this day forward, you've still got to die one day. And you've still got to meet with God. And your greatest need is to hear how to be right with God. How to be ready for that day when you will meet him at the judgment seat. Only these gospel truths will prepare you for that. So keep on stressing these truths, says Paul to Titus. Men and women need to hear these things. And then thirdly, we must keep on stressing these truths because Christians need to hear them as well. Christians need to hear them. I wonder are we clear about that? There are a number of Christians who think that they don't need to hear the gospel anymore. One Sunday morning, a few months ago, a rather irate lady went out of the church where I was preaching. She scowled at me by the door and said, you preached the gospel to us this morning. We're all Christians here. We don't need to hear the gospel. We come here for Bible teaching. We don't need to hear the gospel. How wrong can you be? Is a person like that a Christian at all? If they think they've graduated beyond the gospel. If they think they don't need the gospel anymore. Listen to what Paul says. Here in verse 8, he says to Titus, I want you to stress these things, these gospel truths. I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. That's a very important statement. Paul is saying there that those who trust in God, those who are Christians, need constantly to be reminded of the truth of the gospel. Why? Because that will stir them up to be more devoted to the Lord that will stir them up to serve the Lord, 
that will stir them up to live for the Lord. We're not saved by what we do. We're not saved by our attempts to live more godly lives. We're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross. But once we see the truth of the gospel, once we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're so thrilled about that, that stirs us up to live for God and to be devoted to God. So Christians need to hear these gospel truths as well. I've been a Christian for 56 years, but I still need to hear the gospel. And if you're a true Christian, you love to hear the gospel. A young preacher said to Spurgeon one day, Mr. Spurgeon, what shall I preach? And he said, preach the gospel. The saints love it, and sinners need it. The saints love it, and sinners need it. So that's the first thing that Paul says to Timothy as he closes this letter to Titus. Titus, stress these truths. Keep on stressing these gospel truths. We're going to conclude the service in a little while with an old-fashioned hymn. And it says... Tell me the old, old story of Jesus, of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. Tell me the story slowly, that I may take it in. God's wonderful redemption, God's remedy for sin. Tell me the story often, for I forget so soon. The early dew of morning, has passed away at noon. Tell me the story softly, the earnest tones and grave. Remember, I'm the sinner whom Jesus came to save. That hymn is saying, keep on telling me the gospel. Keep on stressing these truths. I need them. They're important to me. They're life to me. And that's Paul's advice to Titus. Titus there on the island of Crete, wherever you go as a preacher, keep on stressing the truths of the gospel. Second heading, Titus there on the island of Crete, shun false teaching. Shun false teaching. Verse 9, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Paul is there referring to the false teachers that he's already mentioned in chapter 1, verses 10 to 15. These false teachers were stirring up a lot of trouble in the church on the island of Crete. They denied the inspired truths of God's word taught by Paul and the other apostles. And instead, they propagated their own opinions. Often they took one of these genealogies, like you have in Genesis 10 or 11, and these lists of names. And they would weave some fanciful story from this list of names, and they present that. 
or else some of them were teaching that we don't really need the death of Christ. We're saved by the observance of the ceremonial law of the Old Testament. They were denying the clearly inspired truth of God's word and putting in place, propagating their own views. And that, says Paul to Titus, you must shun at all times. And false teachers are the same in every age. They question and deny the truth of God's word and they substitute their own fanciful ideas and opinions. They deny the inspired truth of God's word and they substitute their own fanciful ideas. I could give you endless examples of that in these days. I think of one man, my old college principal, the Baptist College, who said Jesus was just an ordinary man who was adopted as God's son. He wasn't the eternal son of God. He was just an ordinary man who was adopted as the son of God at his baptism. Do you see? Substituting the truth of God's word for his own fanciful opinion. And think of another man who said, Jesus didn't really feed 5,000 people with a miracle. No, what really happened was this. All the people had their lunches hidden under their robes because they didn't want to share their food with that great crowd. But when that little boy brought out his loaves and fishes, that shamed them, and they brought out their secret lunches, and so there was enough to go around. Denying the clear truth of God's word and substituting their own fans of ideas. The same man said this, that when Jesus, they thought, was walking on the water, he wasn't really walking on the water. He was actually walking in the shadows. And the disciples thought he was walking on the water. Substituting the clear teaching of God's word were their own fanciful ideas. And ignoring the fact is that when Peter got out of the boat and attempted to do the same thing, he began to drown, he began to sink. Water wasn't very shallow, was it? You see, that's false teaching. Denying the plain teaching of God's word and substituting their own fanciful ideas. And Paul says to Timothy, shun that. Shun that absolutely. It is unprofitable. It is useless. It doesn't help people. It is harmful. It poisons people. It harms them. It destroys their faith. Shun it absolutely. The church, the leaders of the church, the elders of the church, whether it be on the island of Crete, or in Reading, or in Chippenham, the leaders of a church must do all they can to prevent false teachers like that from ever coming onto the platform, from ever teaching a Bible class, from ever teaching a Sunday school. Because these men are dangerous. They're harmful. Their teachings are foolish and so harmful to men 
and women. They're to be shunned at all costs. In in these verses, Paul describes the false teacher as divisive. Divisive. The actual word the original Greek uses is the word from which we get our word heretic. The word heretic. But it refers to any man who deliberately tries to create division in a church by his teaching. And that is what false teaching does. It creates division in church life between those who love God's word and those who want these more fanciful ideas. And Paul says, a man who does that, a divisive person who tries to divide the church with his false teaching, he is to be rejected. He's to be admonished once, twice. And if he heeds the word of admonishment and repents and is truly sorry for his backsliding and false teaching, well, praise God for that. But if in spite of admonition and rebuke, he continues in his false teaching, he is to be rejected, spurned. We should have no place in the teaching life of the church. You may say, well, isn't that an unloving thing to do? Isn't that an unloving thing to do? But Jesus taught exactly the same thing. (coughs) Jesus put it like this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus said that. Is there anything more dangerous than a wolf dressed up like a sheep? People say, these false teachers, they're so nice, you know. They smile and they're so nice. (coughs) Not like you preachers who are preaching about sin and judgment. They're so nice, these false teachers. Jesus said, they're wolves dressed up like sheep. Beware of them. Be on your guard. They'll destroy your soul. They'll be rejected. So that's Paul's second heading to Timothy as he sums up this letter. Stress these things, these gospel truths. Stress them for all your worth. Shun false teaching. It is dangerous and poisonous and will destroy men's souls and will lead poor lost souls further astray. Shun them. Then the third thing that Paul says to Titus is this. Support Christian workers. Stress gospel truth. Shun false teachers. Support Christian workers. In verse 12, Paul says he's going to send either Artemis or Tychicus. To Crete. We know nothing about Artemis, but we do know something about Tychicus. He's mentioned a number of times in the New Testament. He was a fellow traveler of Paul when he went to Troas in Acts chapter 20. He's described by Paul in Colossians 1 verse 7 as a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. Paul says, 
I'm going to send either Artemis or Tychicus to Crete to take over the leadership of the church there, Titus, when you finished. And as soon as I do that, I want you, Titus, to do your best to come and work with me here in Nicopolis. I've decided to spend the winter here, and I want you, Titus, to help me there. Do you see, they're all servants of God. They're all serving the Lord together. Artemis and Tychicus are going there. One of them is going there to Crete to take over and carry on the work that Titus has been doing. Then Titus is to go to Nicopolis uh, to assist the Apostle Paul there. And then Paul mentions some further workers. In verse 13, two other Christian workers, Zena, who was a lawyer by profession, and Apollos, who's mentioned in Acts 19 as someone who was teaching and preaching in Ephesus, and in 1 Corinthians as someone who served the Lord in Corinth. He was a very good teacher. These two men, Zena and Apollos, were obviously going to visit Crete on their way to some other place. And Paul says to Titus, do everything you can to help these men on their way and see that they have everything that they need. So once again, Titus is by being urged by Paul to support these fellow workers. Titus, when Artemis or Tychicus come to you there on Creed, I want them to take over from where you are, and I want you to come and help me in Nicopolis. And then when Zena the lawyer comes along in Apollos, I want you to make sure that they have everything they need. Do everything you can to support fellow Christian workers. And we should do the same. In actual fact, Paul encourages the Christians on Crete to do the same. Paul says in verse 14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. In actual words, the words provide for daily necessities probably refer to the necessities of Zena and Apollos as they serve the Lord there. And Paul is saying to Titus, you teach the people in the church in Crete to make sure that they provide the necessities of these Christian workers, Zena and Apollos, are coming to serve the Lord. So this is the message that Paul stresses to Titus, that we have a duty as Christians to do all we can to support fellow workers. They may be serving the Lord here where we are, in Chippenham or in Reading, or they may be serving the Lord in another part of the country, or they may be serving the Lord in Moldova, or they may be serving the Lord in Cambodia, or they may be serving the Lord in India, it doesn't matter where they are. If they are serving the Lord, do all you can to encourage them. Do all you can to support them. Do all you can to make sure that they have life's necessities to enable them to go on serving the Lord. 
Those then are Paul's closing words to Titus. And then he himself encourages and supports these people. He says to them, Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be to you all. May you all know God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. So Paul himself is now supporting and encouraging his fellow Christian workers, fellow believers there on Crete. Grace be to you all. May you experience, may you enjoy God's love and grace day by day. Those then are Paul's closing words to Titus. What important words they are. What important words they are for church leaders everywhere. What important words they are for all Christians, especially today. We're living in this desperate world. We're surrounded by thousands of men and women who are lost and without hope, who desperately need to hear the gospel. And sadly, there are many false teachers around who are leading people astray teaching them falsehood, telling them that all men will get to heaven eventually, no matter what they do or say, teaching falsehood. And we're living in a world where many federal Christian workers are suffering greatly. Those who are serving the Lord in Syria, those who are serving the Lord in North Korea, those who are serving the Lord in Iraq, those who are serving the Lord in India, often facing great difficulties. The situation today is very difficult, very demanding, very challenging. And Paul's three last words to Titus are very applicable today. In this confused and chaotic world, keep on stressing these truths, the truth of the gospel. Men and women need to hear them. They're desperate, they're lost. And Christians need to be reminded of them. In this desperate world, keep on supporting fellow servants, Christian workers. Many of them are discouraged. Many of them are finding it hard to keep going. Keep on supporting them. And in this dangerous, chaotic world, beware, shun evil teachers, false teachers. There are men and women abroad, all around us, who would want to harm our souls and lead us astray. Be on your guard and shun false teaching for all your worth. Well, I hope and pray that this series you've had in Titus has been helpful to you. It's a great epistle. So keep on reading it. Now, even that you've finished looking at it, keep on reading it day by day. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of considering these wonderful epistles of the New Testament. And we thank you for this epistle that Paul wrote to Titus so many, many years ago. We thank you that its teaching is still relevant, still important, still vital. Help us, O oh God, to keep on stressing the truth of the gospel.
Help us to keep on shunning false teaching. Help us to keep on supporting Christian workers. And may we all experience your grace as we seek to do that. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Amen.